Aliquity. How are you? Hey, Ross. How are you tonight? It's great to see you. It's the first time uh, I think we've been on a show together, even though we've known each other for a while. And I mean, couldn't pick a better time, right? Uh, your book is coming out. Uh, it's available now. Uh, is it pre-order or people can actually go ahead and, and buy it as of today? So no. Um, so my ebook was out about uh, last <laughs> week and my paperback book literally just published four hours ago. So it is like wow. super hot off the press. I mean, this is timely. This is this is terrific. So it's called The Guide to Traveling Gluten-Free, and you've been hosting, what are you, close to 100 episodes in the, the Travel Gluten-Free podcast? 104 yesterday. Wow. I so know. that's quite I feel a like milestone, 104 episodes, and uh, have you been gluten-free for years or is this are you taking us on a journey as you're kind of figuring it out as as you go along so yeah so i have actually been gluten-free for four years um four years ago i figured out that um i could not eat gluten from a, an elimination diet and when i tried to put it back in i was horribly ill and i didn't realize that like on a daily basis how sick i was feeling until um, I looked in my tea cabinet and realized I hadn't drank any ginger tea in about a month, and ginger is really good for upset stomach. And I thought because at the time I was a full time uh, teacher in middle school that it was just like I it was just nerves and anxiety from work, um, but it actually wasn't. It was actually gluten. <laughs> wow, and you know, so you there, there's different. A lot of people are 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 going gluten free. It's sort of a trend now. Now, for people who have celiacs, I believe mm -hmm. it's it's an essential thing. Do you fall in the cap the camp that like if you're celiac or you're on that close to it or whatever the 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 measures are, right? Then you should be gluten free. But if you're not, go ahead and eat all the gluten you want. Or you fall in the camp of like gluten isn't really a particularly healthy thing for anybody's system. Well, actually both. And this is the reason why. So um, I have actually, um, my daughter is celiac and I'm black and I believe my dad was, but nobody ever tested back in the eighties, but he had passed away from the cancer that you get when you have celiac disease, which is adenocarcinoma. And um, like uh, Daniela, I grew up in a big Italian family. Well, my family wasn't big, but my extended Italian family was ginormous. And so we would eat bread and pasta all the time. And so um being that uh, we have uh, autoimmune and my my grandmother, my dad's mother had an autoimmune disease that affects your muscles and joints. And so for the basically how it works is that if you have celiac disease, you absolutely need to stay off of all gluten because it's not um, like some people think like, oh, if you eat it, you get a stomach ache. It's actually way worse than that. So um, if I get gluten, it's basically a cross between the flu and food poisoning. Like I'm not going to go into detail, but imagine getting right. both at the same time. And so um uh, you get really, really, really ill because what happens with celiac disease, it's an autoimmune disease. And so anything that's autoimmune, your body, when it gets whatever that protein is, is going to attack itself. So like lupus, uh, Graves disease, um, with Hashimoto's. So if you have any autoimmune disease, even if you're not celiac, you should actually avoid gluten because gluten can be, it doesn't actually trigger your thing, but it can make your con autoimmune condition worse. 
So I see lots of people, like when there used to be live expos and I would meet people, there's tons of people I met with Hashimoto's disease, completely gluten-free. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I feel so much better when I don't eat gluten because there's just something with gluten and your immune system that it just inflames your immune system. And so, um, yeah, so if you have any adverse reaction to any food, you should definitely stay away from it because right. people think like, oh, it's just a little stomach upset. But what you don't realize is that every time you eat that, you're damaging your digestive system. And our digestive system is the basis for our all of our immune system. So you're really hurting your immune system, which nobody wants to do, especially now with right. all the stuff that's going on. And so just really taking care of your body, you should avoid anything that does not um, make you feel good when you eat it. So when you travel, obviously you face certain challenges when you're going to a new place and you have to eat out or you have to go shopping and they don't know you, you don't know them, and you have to figure out, am I safe eating here? Are they telling me the truth when they say that they can prepare foods? What what do you face when you travel and how do you overcome those challenges? It's it's. It really depends on where you are. Seriously, one one of the things I found that when I go to a big city, like I haven't been to a big city recently, but um, when I traveled a lot, um, I would go to, when I go to big cities, it's fairly easy to find a gluten free place because highly densely populated areas or college towns are usually going to have a lot more of healthier food, right. and so it's really easy to find. Um, but some of the challenges is like I walked into, um, I've actually walked out of restaurants before because I've walked in and I've asked them about their menu and they seem like it's a, like, um, like I'm putting them, um, like, uh, you know, giving them a hardship by asking the chef if something's right. gluten free. And so if I feel like that person doesn't want to do that, that's fine. I'll just walk out of the restaurant. Um, and yeah, it might hurt their feelings, but my health is more important than the other person's feelings. And um, I have to put my health first. Like I tell other people who um, aren't celiac to kind of get in a perspective of it. It's like, right. I wouldn't ask a diabetic to eat a candy bar. So like, why would somebody expect me to jeopardize my health to eat gluten? Um, but like, there's certain apps and stuff that I talk about in my book that are really great to help you find gluten-free food. Um, and I know there's certain brands, like when I go out and travel, if I'm doing a road trip where I can take food with me, I know there's certain brands I can always trust them or where I find them like one of them is Char and I found Char in I believe it was Norway and Iceland last year and I know Char is completely gluten-free and it's safe for anybody in celiac so that if I eat Char that I know I'm not going to get sick so right. um, just depending on certain brands but just it's really challenging and then certain ethnic ethnic dishes are more like Asian because soy sauce is one people don't know has gluten in it it's it, in America it has wheat in Japan it doesn't so in America, any Asian restaurants can be really sketchy depending on the restaurant. Um, but there's some restaurants like uh, Wagamama in London that are really, really good at gluten-free. So it just depends. Like You just really have to know the questions to ask when you walk into a restaurant. I, don't, I find I've like been dairy-free for about 25 years because I, I have allergies and it's not necessarily... You know, most people think you can take it's lactose. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But I tend to get cold symptoms. So like you would think I had a really bad cold if I ate dairy. And I don't want to go through that. And 20 years ago, 15 years ago, restaurants were very careless. Like they or stores, they'd just be like, now nah, it doesn't have any dairy in it. It's X, Y, Z. And, you know, of course, you look at the if you find the ingredients, they don't know or they don't care. Now I find that people like restaurants um, and particularly 
bigger companies in particular, but but even small shops are very careful. They don't want to be responsible for anybody getting sick. I think there's much more there's much more consciousness uh, around people having certain challenges when it comes to eating. So, I mean, I think that's a good change in, in, in general, and I think that must make it easier than if you were going through this journey 20 years ago uh, where people just didn't care. They're like, what's the big deal? You eat this, you don't eat it, you know. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Actually, 20 years ago, I had a health food, it was a little over 20 years ago, I had a health food store, and there was maybe like three or four brands of gluten-free. And now mm-hmm. there's, gosh, there's probably about four or five dozen at least that I can think of just off the top of my head. So yeah, it is definitely much easier to be gluten-free now. And um, a lot of restaurants have what's called an allergy protocol. So like, Ross, you can't eat dairy, so you can ask them to tag your ticket for um, dairy allergen. And right. I can tell them gluten allergen, because it's not just wheat. Gluten is has a barley and a, um, a lot of other different grains as well. Um, another thing um, is that a lot of restaurants have um, like an allergy protocol. If they don't, you can ask them, hey, can you clean the cutting board or can you change your gloves when you make food? One of the places I eat is Mod Pizza. And one of the reasons I eat there, people say like, oh, aren't you afraid of cross-contamination? Well, if you've never been to Mod, everything's all open. You can actually walk through the line and watch them make your pizza, which I do. I call it it the pizza stalker. Like I just (laughs) walk with the person as they're making my food. And I ask them, can you change your gloves? And they do. And they get new stuff out. They get a new pizza cutter. And I say, can you please use a new pizza cutter on my pizza? But um, it's also being proactive on your part and really um, uh, being proactive for yourself and, and advocating for yourself. Because if you don't advocate for yourself, it's very easy to have someone be a little more sloppy. But if someone really knows, like I tell people it's a medical thing, it's not a preference because, yes, I would really right. rather eat that eclair that's over there. <laughs> so. And just advocating for yourself and talking, saying the right words, which I talk about in my book as well, is is really important to doing that. So what are your favorite places, some of the places that you talk about in the book where you've traveled? And let's tell us about some of the places where it's been easiest to be gluten free and some of the places where it's been the biggest challenge. Okay, so easiest gluten free. Like, okay, Victoria, Canada. Okay. Because there's a, a another influencer called Ellen Baines, and she actually started the gluten-free scene back in the, like 15 years ago. I got I ate gluten-free fish and chips, gluten-free onion rings, all fried stuff. Fried stuff is really hard to get for celiacs because if you fry it in a fryer with wheat, you cannot eat it. It's cross-contaminated, and that actually makes me the sickest. But I ate fried stuff all week. I gained so much weight on that trip. So Victoria, <laughs> Canada, absolutely gluten-free friendly. Um, another place is Austin, Texas where I get um, a place called Max's Wine Dive. I get the best gluten-free fried chicken, but there's also a lot of other great gluten-free places there. Um, Pretty much any major city in California, New York City is amazing. Chicago is amazing for gluten-free. Where else? There's another place that I know I'm missing off the top of my head. Seattle has some really great gluten-free places as well. So um, I live in in the Salt Lake area, which is like, they have, there's like one gluten-free bakery where I live. And usually you can tell how good a place is with gluten-free is how many dedicated gluten-free bakeries there are. Right. So it's okay. I mean, there's places I can eat that aren't dedicated gluten-free that I've eaten it several times and I don't get sick. But um, the places I've listed, um, definitely. Montreal, Canada, I have not been there. But um, Jenny Fink uh, and Taryn from My Celiac Life lives there. And I hear raves about Montreal. All London, England. Oh, my gosh. Right. They have amazing gluten-free choices. 
Okay, so now what are the most challenging places that you've been to? Oh my gosh, the most challenging places. There's a little rural town somewhere in, oh gosh, I think it was Utah or Colorado. I can't remember which, <laughs> but I walked in and I knew I just like rural towns are really hard because a lot of times, not all the time, 99% of the time, rural towns are just like meat and potatoes. And I'm like, right, yeah, right. no. And so um, the girl, they had, um, uh, the girl comes up, the waitress comes up and I tell her that I can't eat gluten. I'm like, what are my choices on your menu? Cause nothing was marked. And um, she's like, well, hold on, let me go back and check. And she went back and then she brought my daughter and I out a glass of water. And she's like, well, you're not allergic to water, are you? And I looked at her and I said, um, you know, let me just give you a tip and I think we'll need to go. Right. <laughs> so rural places are definitely the hardest because usually they they don't have like the, um, they just don't understand and they don't know, like they don't un understand gluten-free. So There isn't the volume um, of people with, and, and so... Yeah, they maybe and have I, had one person ever come in, right? From the right, talk. exactly. Yeah, so rural places, just in general, are the hardest. Now, you obviously can find, like, you know, the exception, but uh, yeah, rural places I found are the hardest because I travel through. Um, I do a lot of national park trips in Utah, and um, you're literally going through towns that have like a population of 105. Right, I mean, right. I'm talking like super rural. Like, I think they make most of their money off the traffic tickets when you drive really fast. So, if you're ever driving through southern Utah. Go the speed limit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I want to say a quick hello to Dee Nimmin, who joins us. Dee has come up with these amazing StreamYard templates. I'm not a designer, but I kind of customized it to fit the colors a little bit of my uh, my show, and it came out looking a little bit like the New York Mets, uh, which wasn't really what I was going for. But, hey, uh, it looks great right out of the box, and Dee's got these amazing tutorials. So if you're interested in checking that out and, and getting it for yourself, it makes a difference to have these templates and be able to have cool backgrounds. Uh, Livestreamuniverse.com slash templates. Livestreamuniverse.com slash templates the book we're talking about is the guide to traveling gluten-free you can find that as well as the templates and you can find nancy's book and information about chef daniela in the chat uh in the description on facebook and youtube also at livestreamdeals.com now for recipes that normally would have gluten in them are there certain substitutes that you like to use or do you tend to more or less just avoid those foods altogether? Oh, no, I'm Italian, like Italian background. So <laughs> I have to eat bread or I'm going to die. Right. <laughs> I think it's just a genetic thing. So there's actually some gluten-free flour blends that, blends that I absolutely love. One is Bob's Red Mill makes a gluten-free flour blend that is really, really good. It's just a one-to-one. -one. Also, there's another brand that I love that's actually um, local here out West. It's called Namaste Foods, and they make a one-to-one -one flour blend. So there are flour blends you can use. There's also like a ton of, I don't do gluten-free recipes. That's not my game, but I love cooking and I love baking especially. So there's a ton of gluten-free recipes online. So if I can't get it, I can usually find a recipe to make it. And I like doing a lot of, I like doing some grain free. So I do like coconut flour and almond flour and tiger nut flour um, and all that good stuff too. So um, yeah, but I, I love baking. Baking is my jam. It's, it's so good. <laughs> so uh, there are, there are good options then, and there are ways that really will make the meal healthier anyway, even if you're not somebody who has to be gluten free. Do you find that it tastes just as good that it's, you know, or better? 
Well, here's the thing with gluten-free. A lot of people have the, like, the mindset that, oh, it's gluten-free, it doesn't taste good. But actually, like, most of the, like, I have literally 18 bags of flour in my pantry right now, and none of them are wheat or barley or t- contain gluten. It's, like, really gives you a bigger flavor palette. So, mm-hmm. like, corn flour is, is in and of itself gluten-free. It's just corn. But, um, I mean, it's, you get all these wonderful different flavors and tastes from all these different other flowers. So, um, one of the things that I realized when I turned gluten free is that it really expanded my palate, my horizon to like, m- like just experiment and try all these other different flowers that I've never tried before, which is really cool. And of course, it takes some time to learn how to bake with them because they don't have gluten in them and they can tend to dry out a little more. And plus, I live at 7,000 feet. So right. I have elevation and I live in a dry climate as well. So I have have those two modifications to make. So, so but, how do you compensate for the fact that, that it could tend to dry out more? So I usually use less flour. So whatever the flour is, because mm-hmm. gluten-free flours tend to be a little drier and, or um, sometimes I'll add a little more water, like a tablespoon or two, but you have to be really careful with that. Cause if you add too much water that can take away from the flavor of whatever you're making. But yeah, right. so just using a little less flour usually works pretty well. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And um, when you go to the store, let's say, and you want to buy, say, a pasta, is there certain brands that you buy of gluten-free that are better than other ones? Well, some of the ones, so I recently found out that corn bothers my joints. and So um, a lot of pastas will have corn in them. But um, as far as quality goes, like Faria, um, which actually is an Italian favorite because they make an amazing wheat line, too. <laughs> um, Faria pasta is really good. Um, oh my gosh, I've tried so many fantastic gluten-free pastas. It's almost hard to go wrong with gluten-free pastas um, because there's so many good ones out there. It's really, I can't actually tell you the last time I tried a gluten-free pasta and it wasn't good. So I say just like go out, try it. But um, some people get like a bunch of pasta, just try like one brand at a time to see like which one you like, or maybe get two different boxes. Um, But one of the things I found is I really like the chickpea flour based pastas because Mm. they tend to hold together better than the rice based flour pastas. The rice based ones can um, easily go from cooked to like falling apart. Um, But I found the chickpea ones (laughs) a lot better. What's a food that people might assume has gluten but doesn't have gluten? Oh, my gosh. Assume has gluten but doesn't. Um, That's a hard one. It's usually the flip. It's usually people think like, oh, that doesn't have gluten in it. All right, right. I'm thinking um, buckwheat doesn't have gluten. Yes, maybe. That's, yes. I was trying to think of a something that, that you could use as a pasta, maybe, that doesn't have. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I just made buckwheat rolls the other night. It's really good. So buckwheat is actually the seed of, um, oh, my gosh, it's a red vegetable. I can't think of rhubarb, I believe, is rhubarb seeds that are ground up into a flour. And you think it's a name buckwheat, It's but it actually has no <laughs> in it whatsoever, right, right. which was bizarre. Um, I actually had to look that up on my phone because the server told me that. But I've had server tell me wrong things. I looked it up on my phone on, like, three different websites. I'm like, oh, my gosh, buckwheat really is? It doesn't have wheat. But it's right. a really hearty, like, very earthy um, type of flour, which I really love. And so, um, I mixed that. I can't remember what other flour I used. I'm, I'm, I believe it was arrowroot, um, flour anyway. And I made these amazing, um, little like, um, uh, rolls with buckwheat the other night. So yes, buckwheat does not have any wheat in it. I think that's the only thing I can think of. (laughs) Right. Wow. I mean, we could just do a show for an hour and just talk food and where we go and what we avoid and what we like to eat. Uh, But this was so much fun. Great being on, Ross. Thank you. Thank you, Liquidy.